Every department's goal is to keep their communities, the public, and their officers safe. The key to making this happen is with realistic and effective training. That's exactly what Vertra does. Vertra provides immersive simulators, multi-branching interactive scenarios, and real-world training tools to law enforcement in over 40 countries worldwide. With training situations that deal with everything from de-escalation and duty to intervene all the way to marksmanship and multi-incident active shooter drills, officers can practice verbal skills, de-escalation techniques, and increase their practical skills with tools they actually use in the field. Virtua simulators can use real firearms and less lethal devices that officers deploy while on duty. With no permanent modification required, officers can even use their own service weapons and less lethals for simulation training. Virtua does not rely on bulky headsets that restrict vision and can cause VR sickness, minimizing the negative effects and training scars that some simulation training creates. Virtua scenarios are filmed with real actors, not computer-generated characters, creating a more lifelike interaction and bringing in the human factor that is necessary to effective and realistic training. Agencies like FLETC, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and local, state, and federal police utilize Virtua simulation training with great success and measured positive results. Virtua makes it easy to get started with initial and continued support on the operation of your department simulator. There are several training grants available as well, and Virtua will even help you guide to see what assistance you might qualify for. Realistic and effective training is absolutely necessary to protect not only the public, but your officers as well. Put your training budget to the best possible use with a Virtra simulator and give your officers what they need to be safe. Virtra, where fortune favors the trained. You know, leadership is constantly adapting. The same leadership techniques, some of them, used years ago are no longer applicable in today's world. Now, special operations in the military knows this. That's why they are elite. They are able to adapt and change as things change, and they can go forward and accomplish their mission. My next guest you're going to love, Joshua Atlas Altman. He's a best-selling author on Amazon, and he's a member of of the special operations community for the United States military. And in this show, we talk a lot about leadership and how you can adapt and change to win. Joshua Atlas Altman, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Patrick here, host and creator of the CJ Evolution Podcast. Top ranked because of you, the listener and supporter. If you love the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Special thanks to you, the criminal justice professional, first responder, whatever you were doing, wherever you were at, keep doing it. And remember this, you were honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Keep up the fantastic work. You know, I talk to a lot of first responders, and a good chunk of them are suffering and going through some challenging times. I try to bring them comfort. I try to explain to them, look, I've been through what you're going through. And like I've said many, many times, you know, the problems that people 
are faced with, whether it's financial, personal, professional, they're not unique problems. You might think that nobody else understands what you're going through. Yes, there are a lot of people that do because they've gone through it and they've come out the other side after they healed. The only thing I can tell you is, uh, let me use the analogy of the old uh, Matrix movie when Morpheus is showing Neo the door. And what does he say? He says, Neo, I can show you the door, but you have to walk through it. A lot of life, most of life, comes down to the choices we make. You can stay on your current path, and if you're suffering, it'll be more suffering, or you can take a different route and build your future by getting the help you need. Again, I was there. It sucks being in those dark holes. But if you're suffering out there, FHE Health and their Shatterproof for First Responders is here for you. All you have to do is commit yourself to your future and your treatment, and you can do it. I know you can. Links are in the show notes. If you want to call me, feel free to do so. 303-960-9819. This is what we do. Our mission is you. Make the call today. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Very excited to have my next guest on the show. We connected recently and I said, hey, He's going to be a great fit. Atlas Altman is on the show. Best-selling author with Amazon, elite military, former military guy. And I got to tell you, brother, you got like a John Wick name. Oh, I love that. Atlas Altman. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be like, you should be in John Wick 4, dude, because they're going to be like, oh, John Wick's going up against, fuck, Atlas Altman. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a badass name, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here, man. You got... You're, you, I, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started, brother. We, you, you were in the military. You did a lot of cool shit, you know, working with elite teams, leading elite teams. Uh, you were part of, uh, what, JSOC or SOCOM? Yeah, so, yeah, I was part of JSOC there for a while. Yeah. And uh, I ended up rolling out with the 75th. Yeah, um, Ranger Regiment, of, yeah. Yeah, the folks out there in Afghanistan and taking over a director role out there. Um, I had some some special forces guys uh, that were working for me. And then we had, you know, the support roles for all of NATO and their special operations. So I got to work with the whole host of elite people, uh, with my, my small team of, of folks that, that paired technology with yeah. those guys to make things happen. It was amazing to watch all that stuff. But yeah. Now, when did you, when did you get out brother? So I still have two months left on the books. 
until I'm out. Uh, but I started my business two years ago and got approval to kind of do this in sense so yeah. I can make it seamless. Because a lot of people, when they get out of the military, you go through, you know, this transition assistance program. They make you wear a suit and tie and they're like, you're going to yeah. get a job. Brother, I want to give jobs, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want one. I want I want everyone else to have money. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the thing that just baffles me, and you know this, I mean, you're still in, you've served a lot of years, and is this the technology that they have? I mean, I was in a long time ago, dude, 20, 30, I don't know, 20-something years, 30, almost 30 years ago. And the technology we we had was, was you know, pretty high speed. But, I, I mean, the stuff, because my son's in the Air Force. He's in Space Force. Oh, okay. Every, every once in a while, he, he throws me like a little nugget uh, of stuff. That's amazing. Make sure, make sure there's no surveillance balloon over me. But, um, yeah, I mean, the technology that, that we have now is, is amazing. Can you speak to a little bit about that? Yeah, I can talk to a little bit. Of, I'll tell you my whole story. Uh, when I came in the Air Force, email was really new. So yep. uh, I came in to study leaders. I know that's not normal, but I guess I'm just not a normal guy. So I came in and I started working uh, for people that were in command. Yep. And then they kept elevating me to work for people in command with specifics on technology. Uh, I ended up working for a three-star and then a four-star general. And we did cradle-to-grave implementation of all the Air Force's stuff. Um, and I say we because I, I just read the emails. And sure, sure. Make sure they were in a nice binder because, like I said, the email was new. So a lot of the emails that came out were printed out and put in binders. That's how, <laughs> that's how old I am. God, that's, that's <laughs> and then they were, they would, you know, the chicken scratch on and hand it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, so going from that era to really some of the things that we did that I can speak to in, in, uh, in joint special operations command, uh, that aren't classified. Uh, and so if I tell you this, you can imagine what is, uh, but, uh, one of the, the amazing things that we ended up working on was putting together, uh, a couple solutions that made elite people more elite. So whenever they got on the ground, they were able to, to do everything they needed to do. And mm -hmm. I'm really scared. This. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so America has very, uh, very good minded people. Yeah. Their, their mindset is very much so uh, along the lines with like a David Goggins, uh, where you're just not going to defeat these people. And then whenever you get to meet them and they're like, Hey, I'm having this problem. You get to solve that uh, with them and technology, not just technology. Uh, amazing things happen. Uh, so one of the things I'll, I'll, I guess I can talk about this as I was trying to delay time to figure out what I could talk about. One of the things that we introduced <laughs> was <clears throat> a light that you could put into a tent or a building or on top of a building. And it passed super secure communications. So imagine this. I'm giving you specific operational instructions. And you can get them knowing that they were not compromised or touched in any way. Yeah. And then you know exactly where they're coming from and why they're there. Because you asked for them from a who that knows exactly where you need to go. Yeah. Whenever you can whittle it down to that micro detail and hit specifics, you're not going in with a grand plan. You're going in with something that you could hit immediately and get out and enabling that for a lot of people in a lot of different areas was something that my team got to do. 
And then, you know, other people took the credit. Absolutely. <laughs> now, we see, what you hear now, brother, you probably see it on the news sometimes. And, and this is, I'm going to ask you, and maybe you can answer it, maybe you can't. But we're, we're still, we're, we're still pretty much on the top tier as far as uh, technological superiority with the rest of the world, right? Yeah, I, I, I won't talk to that. No, um, yeah, I know. I probably, you probably couldn't. But I mean, I, because I, you, I've, you know, I've seen in the news yeah, that yeah. we've kind of, you know, now it's a it's a pretty head to head, you know, it's a close head to head race. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I won't talk to that because I really I can't, man, because yep. made me a knuckle dragging guy that works in special operations. Sure, sure, sure. So I had a bunch of smart people. We're still we're me. still badass. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I just I'm I'm trademarking the words be elite because what I'm finding is a lot of people dismiss themselves as non important to the mission because yeah. of the mission that they're doing. So like I never had to pull triggers. I was trained to do that, but lucky for me, we always had the experts in front that could do that for me, whether in the air or on the sea or on the ground. I never had to pull the trigger. I got yeah. shot at. Lot. <laughs> Does that make me elite? No, it made me really think about where I was at the moment. Exactly. But, but I didn't have to kick indoors. I didn't have to go do a lot of the training that that other people had to do to be elite. But I went through a lot of that same training. Yeah, exactly. In order to be standing in the same place as a lot of these people that are just amazing people. They get by name dropped all the time. I had to work really hard to be yeah. a part of that society and that community. And what I'm finding, and actually my last podcast, someone hit me up and they told me I wasn't being a quiet professional. And I was like, yeah, I'm talking about people, bro. You know, I'm, I mean, like, I'm, I'm talking about our community. And what that looks like, though, is this. Like, it's my, my whole book that I pulled back from a, a very well-known publisher. And it's it's a TED Talk that I'll probably give in the next six months, I think is where it's scheduled. I think it's about six, seven months is what I'm, what I'm targeting. It looks like this. Everyone who has a problem comes at you like, hey, how much money is that going to cost? Uh, how much time is that going to take you? And then they ask the real question, which is who's going to do it? Yeah. Brother, it's the wrong way. Every elite team that I've been a part of has asked who's going to do it and then asked them how much time is it going to yeah. take and how much money. So it's really starting from the rear and working way up to the front. It, it is, but it's actually, it's asking the right question. So yeah. I'll pair it. Like, so Simon Sinek is the most popular. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of people do. And I was going to go against his theory. Then I'm like, ah, I, I can't do that because he, he has some good points. Yeah. So I'm adding to it. So the title of my speech is Simon said, why I'm adding you. So this I is like that. Looks like. So everyone pretty much knows why they're there and what they're going to do and how they do it. And he says that in his golden circle speech, you know, you should know that except for your why I should look different. And in the, and the, the grips of trying to figure out what why looks like for somebody, they get really confused a lot of times and they forget about the team. And they look at their personal why. So whenever you look at it from a different perspective and you start realizing you're all part of the team, it goes back to my be elite theory. I'm, I was part of the team. I had to work really hard. I did multiple assessments. I did weeks of, tr of training to get there. And they looked at me from a whole person perspective. And if I didn't make the grade every day, buddy, I'd be gone. Yeah. And they expected more elite results from me than they expected from other people. Because if my stuff didn't work, movies got made. Lone Survivor is a prime example. Yeah, yeah. We paired people with technology. So if that event ever happened again, there would never be a movie or a book or a bad situation. We wouldn't learn the, we wouldn't 
learn new things that we didn't want to learn. We would add on to the, the capabilities, but back to this, this theory, it's who man. And, and really whenever you figure out the who of you, who you are, you can add into the team and fold into the team and make that team. Elite. I love it. I love it. And I think the problem Atlas, and I agree hundred percent with what you said, brother, there's no, you know, I, I was raised in that mindset. I was in the military law enforcement. There's no, it's not a solo game. It's a, it's a team right. sport, but I think yeah. a lot of people struggle with trying to identify, okay, who the hell am I? Mm. What's my mission? I mean, why am I here? You know, the age old question. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And to be quite honest, I did for a while. Okay. Yeah. Who the hell am I? You know, I mean, what am I trying to accomplish? Yes. So I think a lot of what advice would you give to people out there who are really struggling with their identity? Because it yeah. seems like a lot of people out there, you know, it's just like fucking, okay, they get up, they go to work. It's like Groundhog Day every day. Yeah, and they're not right. becoming their best self. You know, they're not tapping into that inner power. Yeah, I have. So I have a, a couple things for that. Uh, one, we're getting ready to do a conference next month in Phoenix mm -hmm. where we talk about how to tap into your authentic self as a, as a mid to senior level leader, because I've, I've been around people. I mean, I was around the United States. I was around secret service details of all kinds. And I saw them all operate in their own different factions at an elite level. Right. So everyone gets hired to do a specific job and then they wonder why they're doing it a couple months after it's not exciting anymore. So this is what I always say with authentic, uh, authentic, uh, pursuits. Uh, as men, you know, we grew into our voice, you know, like little, little me was like squeaky. And then I popped and squeaked and then I turned into this guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But during that journey, I was trying to figure out how to be this guy. So I would try to mimic my dad. I would try to mimic my uncle. I would try to mimic people on TV. And I was always mimicking people. Sure. People were annoyed. You know, there's a period of the tween age, the teenage, we're trying to figure yourself out. And, and then for me and most people, I'd imagine those, those periods are when people are like, who, what are you doing? Like you're yeah. annoying and they're trying to figure it out. They just can't cause they haven't figured out their own voice. And then one day they just realize I just need to be myself and bam, it happens. Absolutely. Likes them again, right. And that's called high school and college, you know, where, where you're starting to, you're, you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. This is my mm -hmm. values. And then you you pull that into something that's extremely important, which is who you are in the world, who you are on a team. And you only get to do that through trial and error. You can take pieces Absolutely. from everyone, but you have to make it yours. And so that that's, dude, that's my it. book. Man. That's my book. I so I, I love it. Oh, so talk, that's a perfect segue. Talk about yeah. your book, dude. Best-selling author on Amazon. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. So I wrote a book and it's like 30 years of uh, everything that we, we did in my career uh, through all the elite teams. And, and uh, my, my son's talking to me about it one day and he goes, but dad, how am I going to make money? And I go, well, you know, you should get some makeup and a clown suit and figure out how to do the balloon animal thing. He's like, dad, seriously. I'm like, yeah, I'm being I'm serious. Like, I'm like, write, write, write a kid's book, man. I was like, you can do what I do. Just write a kid's book. He's like, yeah, yeah. so are you going to write a kid's book? I'm like, yeah, I'll write a kid's book. And I was like, I don't speak French. I ain't mean this. I'll, fi I'll figure out what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, so he was serious and, and I ended up writing this book and, you know, everything was just super quiet. This perfect writing, 
writing environment, but I couldn't get anything out of my head. So I'm looking at the wood grain uh, of this table that I was, and I usually eat at. It's the loudest thing in the room, man, is this wood grain. You know, that's a great environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing was coming out. So my little dog, I have a little Shiba Inu. It looks like a fox. It stops and looks at this Amazon box. It was laying on the floor. And I was like, the fox in the box. I got my title, whatever. And I wrote it down. I'm like, what am I going to write about? And and so what do you write about, man? It's like the training that you went through, all the stuff that you you experienced. How am I going to convey that to future generations? And I, bro, I, that's what I wrote about, man. Yeah. I wrote about leadership. So I broke it down into Leadership 101. And I published it. And he helped me with the editing. Man, the next day I was a best-selling author. I was that like, is... wow, this kid's leadership thing is something that the world needs. Did you ever imagine yourself no. as, as an author? Well, did you ever? I mean, because... No. Did Bro, you? I mean, failed in high school. The only thing I was good at was fighting. I mean, I went in the military. I was a bouncer. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I was really good at fighting. I not good at writing. And then one day... I was sharing stories like, like what we're doing. And someone's like, dude, you should write that down. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I was whatever. I just waved my hand. I think everybody has a book in them at some point, you know, especially military and especially first responders. Dude, I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this. I agree. And so, so I did, I did two more books. I have a series of books now on leadership for kids. And it's a leader's kit because everything we do in the military is a kit. You know, you have a different yeah. kit for everything. So I have a kid's kit and I have an adult's kit and I have a speaker's kit. I have all these kits, right? Um, but but those are the books that are published. The next one's getting ready to come out in a couple months is Rule of Three. It's what I just explained. But I was talking to people uh, who made it to the national stage because there was this thing called the Great American Speak-Off. And they filmed it for TV. And it's like America's America's Got Talent, American Idol cross with TED talks and we competed against each other. And I got like a golden ticket to go compete in Miami in December. That's awesome. And I made it to the top 150 out of what they, I guess they, they are now calling 30,000 applicants. Holy shit, dude. So, yeah. So we're down there and I'm talking to all these people that want, you know, 150 of us in a room and everyone's got these amazing stories. And most of them have just blossomed with success because of their book. And everyone's able to, to take the, who they are and put it into something that turned into a speech. Right. And what I found was, and, and it's so true, everyone has a book in. Them. And so where do you start with that? And that's why my son went, when we hit number one on Amazon, uh, January now, he's like, dad, you gotta, you gotta help other people. He's like, everyone's asking if you'll help them. I'm like, bro, I ain't got the time. He's like, well then start charging. And I'm like, oh, I hate it when my kids write. <laughs> So, so like, oh, is he your agent dude you should be your agent atlas i know he's, he's looking at me so um now now i'm helping people and so the conference i was just at i hired people to kind of help me along the process they haven't started yet uh, because i haven't told them i'm getting ready to publish the book so i did all that by myself the best-selling stuff all that by myself and i still want these people to help me because brother adult leadership is actually a category and yep. that's a hard one to break into. So these guys are giving me masterful advice that I wouldn't, I wouldn't fathom trying to do this alone. And, but I can do it alone on the kids book section. I can make you a bestseller, man. You know, what's beautiful beauty about that. No one knows or cares what you're a bestseller. So yeah. uh, uh, the, the last three podcasts, they've introduced me, uh, you know, your three time bestselling author. I am. And I've gotten into thousands of homes with my message that is super simplified off of that 
book that I wrote at, for adults. It's all pared down into little thin things that I can insert, right? And most people call those micro courses. I just took my message and made it super small. So it's easy to consume. E easy to digest. And whenever you do that, man, you're super powerful because no one has the aptitude to listen to you for an hour. Talk about your life. Do you think, Atlas, do you think leadership has changed since when you and I were younger? I mean, what? maybe that's a stupid question. But it, it seems, and maybe it's always been this way, it seems like there's so many people out there uh, that claim to be a leader, you know, mm -hmm. claim to have titles and all this other stuff. But they're not leading. They're not leading from the front. They're not doing the things from, you know, with my perspective in some cases. They're, they're not doing things that leaders, at least I was taught, how to be a good leader. I mean, where do you think, how is it evolving? I guess is my question. You, you're a leader. You, you, you work with elite teams. You work with CEOs. You work with everybody. Where are we going with this? Because yeah. I was taught from a very early age that you don't need to have a title. You don't need to have rank to be a leader. Some of the best people I've ever worked with had no rank, had no titles, and they were the best leaders I work with. So, so true. Yeah. Okay. So I've studied this at the highest levels of our nation and in the most elite teams uh, for you know 27 years now. And what I found is it's, it's like the definition of porn. <laughs> you know it when you see it. Yeah. You know, uh, you're like, wow, good leadership. But people can't really put words around it. Yeah. Because you just so know it different. when you see it. It's so different to everyone, right? Yeah. And, That's good. And That's a good point. I'm, I'm just because, okay, so there's thousands of books published every day on the topic of leadership. That outnumbers the actual leaders a hundred to one and actual good leaders, a thousand to one. So I have people that have reached out to me and said, Hey, you're the best commander ever. And that makes me feel good, but that's a small percentage compared to everyone. And I wasn't trying to please everyone because sure. leadership isn't likership. You can't, you, know? you can't do that. You can't mix that up. So it evolves with culture. So at a very early age, I saw very good leadership because they were they were wearing stars of general officers and they were leading these multi-billion dollar initiatives and they were actually leading them. They were like, we're going this way. And what I've seen over time is there's more people saying we're going this way and they're sharing a leadership stage with way more people. And that's good and bad. It's good because it empowers the lowest level person who is the expert to do it, whatever it is that they need to do to get the mission done. It's bad because it introduces a lot of voices that sometimes conflict with each other. Sure. So the higher you go, your job is no longer direct tactical leadership. It's more vision. And like the end state is here. Yeah. yeah. And like, however we get there, I don't care. That's how it's evolved over the last three decades. It's people were very specific. You will do this. You will do this. You will do that. Yeah. And it's turned into, can you do this? Can you Absolutely. do that? Can you do that? Yeah. And then the answers come back and you get a, a real assessment that way. You really do. Yeah. But you get a different look at leadership because the culture is shifting. Well, the I like what you, Oh, go ahead, brother. The guy at the top still has the stick and he's still responsible for whatever happens. He's just changed the dynamic based off of the, the audience and how they're going to receive it.
Well, and I like what you said about, you know, you, you basically what in a portion of that, it's either adapt or die. So we're everything's constantly changing, especially with technology. We're yeah. constantly evolving. Doesn't matter what, you know, what you're doing out there, military, first responder, whatever. We're constantly training changing. So and I saw this in my career and you pro you've probably seen it, obviously, in the military is, OK, the people who are unwilling to change they're you know, the good old boy network or whatever you want to call it. They kind of die on the vine and then they get replaced because it is constantly evolving. Who knows what leadership will look like 50 years from now? It's so true. You know what it's I mean? So true. Yeah. But again, it goes back to, you know, leaders are readers, leaders are writers, leaders are communicators, what we're doing here. I mean, how many times have you seen leaders get up and actually do something like this repeatedly? And they do this in the boardroom where it's safe, but like, you know, getting on a podcast and potentially getting asked a question that you have an answer to is not something leaders are willing to expose themselves to as much as they used to, yeah. because guess what? They did have the answer. Well, and every, every good leader I've met out there, man, men, men and women, mm -hmm. um, the, the one feeling I got in, in, and you know, this, or, or I'm assuming, you know, it is they believed in themselves. You know, they had self-confidence. They weren't cocky or fucking arrogant, you know, don't come near sure. me kind of stuff. But they had that belief. It was intrinsic. They, You could feel that energy that they were confident. Not overly yeah. confident, but they believed in themselves. And I think that's lacking in, with a lot of people now. Going back to what we said we were talking about, you know, earlier is, is that yeah. going back to, okay, what's my why? Why am I doing this? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. And, and I'll turn that right. I'm going to use an example that we can probably both relate to. So when I was doing advanced weapons training, uh, they taught us different ways to shoot and how we can maneuver in order to get more accuracy. Sure. They didn't say for men do it this way and women do it this way. And I had, I had one woman in my course this last time, which is, it's, that's, that's a whole different topic. Uh, but, uh, she was in, uh, intelligence. So she was coming out with the teams. And uh, so she had to get the same training in case she had to pull the trigger. Um, and what I see is a lot of people will get nervous and try to do what everyone else does and wonder why it doesn't work. It's the same topic, right? It's like the range will teach you how and what, what the range looks like and what the expectation is and there's safety and there's rules to the range. But at the end of the day, that gun is as lethal as your career is whenever mm -hmm. you swing it around and act like everyone else. So why I'm telling you that example and why, why it's important is you have to figure out who you are as a shooter. You know, sometimes it's a weaver stance. Sometimes it's, it's a block maneuver. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how you shoot the weapon. Well, if you know how you shoot and, and you can employ the weapon, then you can do that again and again and again and have the same bullseye result. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out who you are, uh, not not why. I mean, I, I agree with the whole the whole reason why I'm shooting is so that I can be part of the team. Sure, but in order to be the most effective part of the team, I have to figure out what I am doing as a who on this team, and who I am there. So, it, it like it's the same thing. It's pairing yeah. those two together it makes it super elite force. And I. And like and I like what you said about, you know, I think a lot of people out there, I've caught myself doing it too. They say, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. No, why don't you just be you? Why don't you just be Patrick? Or why don't you just be Atlas? Because there's only one of you, it's right? True. There ain't nobody like you ever. There's never going to be anybody like you. 
So why don't you just be you? And I, and I've struggled with that sometimes, you know, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. But then I have to get grounded again and say, I'm fucking me. I got to be the best at me. I got to be a champion for me. Right. I got to be my own cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be in here with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, when, when I was at Bragg, I'm calling it Fort Bragg because that's what it was called. Fort Liberty, dude. God, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you're going to get me in trouble, Atlas. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm always going to call it Fort Bragg. For those listeners out there, we had a little side giggle before we started. Uh, they renamed Fort Bragg, but it's still Fort Bragg to both of us. Ooh, uh. Yeah. So when I was there, um, I took a, a Goggins challenge. And I did the, the what 40, 50 miles or something. Yeah. Dude. Four miles every four hours for two days straight. And what I found, you know, I love those things, by the way, I love every challenge like that. And, and if, uh, if you're a, a fan of uh, Jose DeSanco, the guy who yeah. created yeah, as Spartan races, he says, if it's something I don't want to do, I have to do it. Absolutely. So when I heard about that, I'm like, Oh man, I got to do that now. And then, you know, I, it, I felt the force on there. So, um, smart Air Force guy. I got a dietitian, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how do I? And he's like, dude, you're not going to want to eat after about 24 hours. You got to eat, you know. And I got my strength coach because we had one of those, and I had my my physician, and they were like, these are the things you need to do, right? So, you know, I pulled the team together to find out a new version of me because at the end of that race, I'm going to be a new person. I'm going to realize where my boundaries are. I'm going to know where I'm at, but I'm also going to grab that ego, put it in check for a minute. Cause I'm going to absolutely getting there. So when I went through there about 32 miles in my sock was bloody and my shoe was full of blood. And because I don't run that much, in yeah. day, you know, I'm not, I don't rock that much. I'm not carrying stuff that long. That's just not what I do as a, as a special operations communicator. I'm going to do like 10, 20 miles max. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Right. We're good. All right. I'm going to go take a nap. Um, <laughs> So I did it and, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty excited to tell everybody about it. When I got back, I told other people, I won't name their branches, but they weren't Air Force and they were part of elite teams. You know, you can go in their, their man caves or whatever they have at home. They got this, the really cool, I'll, I won't name them. Cause then you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, if the Air Force can do it, I can. <laughs> how about, how about this Patrick? One of them ended up in the hospital. Uh-huh. And the other one quit at mile 20. Jesus. So uh, I say that because like when you get that lock set, that mindset, that lock in here, that you're going to do something. And when you're on a team like you were on and you're like, hey, I want to do what David Goggins does. You can do it. You can absolutely do it if you have the right mindset. Absolutely. And, and I, like, How do I do that? I need yeah. to consult the professionals to make sure that whenever I do it, I do it. I don't stop. Well, I think Goggins was the one. You correct me if I'm wrong, Atlas. Wasn't he the one during his last time at Buds? Because he went through like two or three times, mm-hmm. I think, if it's the same team guy. And he he didn't he break like something? He was duct taping his like shin up or some shit like that or heel or something like that. And he basically yeah. we had a broken bone somewhere. I can't remember where. I'm sorry. But he basically went back to that willpower, you said, going back into the mindset. I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. And that's why, that's why a lot of people follow them. They want to know how to get that mindset. It doesn't come through. Well, anybody can get it. I bet you have to be, it takes discipline. It takes training. It takes believing in yourself. Right. Fan of all those things, big fan of, you know, and how, but how do you get that discipline? I'm sorry. How do you get that confidence? You have to go through the sub bro. You know, 
everyone brace, that you went to brace the suck. With, yeah. That's, that's a military term that is so true to life. And yet people don't do it. They just, they or the, what, or the only other one is, you know, what the only easy day was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm doing, been... Oh, go ahead. Brother. I'm, doing, I'm doing that with like, it's going to be hard for people to pare down their message into like a kid's book. Yeah. I mean, that every time I work with somebody, they're like, I'm not able to do it. And then like a day later, they're like, well, this is a lot easier than I thought it would be. I'm like, yeah, it's just a mindset. But I've done lots of cycles, you know, I can get you through it real quick. Yeah. But um, once they do that, then they're able to communicate the things that they need to communicate. And it's no different here than it is on the range. Yeah. Then it's running laps. Then it is on the battlefield. Then it is, you know, standing next to the world's top politicians, you yeah. know, in a suit. It does, it's the same, man. It's just different a little bit. And the one thing I learned, brother, and I, I'm, I'm, you've heard of this, what I'm about to say, but in order to be a good leader, you have to learn how to become a good follower first. Mm. Yeah. Because followership is just as important as being a leader. Yeah. You have to learn how to follow first. See, and once, and you're, once you're a good follower, then you're ready to take the reign. Everybody just wants to jump into the leadership role right away, right? But I was taught, maybe I'm wrong, you tell me, I mean... You, you have to be a good follower before, right? You, you have to do your time in the trenches. You have to be a follower first before you take that next step and you're able to do that leadership thing. Uh, no, it's so true. It's so true. Look at kids, all right? They Absolutely. They have authority over other kids because they're older. Everyone's like, how old are you? You know, that, that's, the kid, that's the kid adage to hierarchical uh, directions. You know, yeah, I'm the leader. Exactly. But it doesn't work. You know, I'm not listening to you. You're not my mom. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to be a good listener. You got two ears, one mouth, right? So listen if you don't twice know as much. What it is? <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you don't know what it is, well, I'll make it more. I'll just keep funneling it this way. <laughs> if you don't know what it is that that you're doing, you're never going to get there, man. If you don't know what the destination is, you you'll never get there. You can. You can get anywhere you're going if you don't care where it is that you're going. So you have to listen and receive that that followership comes this way. And then it comes yeah. out. Your part of it comes out of your mouth. And that's absolutely true. It doesn't matter who they are. Even the president of the United States still counts counsel. Yeah. You know, st still listening to people uh, who, who are smart in the things that he's not smart in. Uh, so absolutely you have to be a good follower to be a good leader but you're also being a good follower when you read you're also being a good follower whenever you share lessons that you've learned you're absolutely yeah sharing that wealth like you're doing you're, yeah. you're sharing your knowledge your expertise yeah i mean it's exactly like we need more of these people that are willing to do this and step out of their comfort zone and be like yeah i do have something to share well, I think that because people are afraid, dude, you know this. I mean, people are afraid to take that first step because they don't want to be judged. You know, they don't want people making fun of them. They don't want people, you know, they're fearful. They got the ego shit, all the stuff that you and I probably been through. I know I have, but it's like, okay, if you don't make the decision to better yourself, you don't believe in yourself. Somebody's going to make the fucking decision for you and you're probably not going to like it. Never like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have a story on that. One of my, uh, one of my, my former uh, family members. She's not with me anymore. I'm but, sorry to hear that. Uh, she told me a story. Yeah, she was married to a law enforcement um, 
a border patrol uh, agent and he was really good at finding drugs in cars, like really good. And so she told him, she's like, let's just call him Joe. She's like, Joe, uh, you should probably write a book and tell everybody how to do this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, okay. She's like, but somebody's going to do it. So might as well be you. If you're really good at it, why don't you do it? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Two months later, some dude who doesn't know what they're talking about, got up with a book and taught them the wrong way to do everything. And he came home mad. But it's <laughs> but like, he, why didn't you do something? Exactly. And you know how many, how many times the story's probably replayed in people's family. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy. No one's ever going to look at me and be like, hey, you know, you held the secret to success. The secret is taking the first freaking step, man. Looking Absolutely. at the next plateau. Don't look at the summit. Know where you're going, but don't look there. You know, hit that next circle. That cycle will bring you to the top of any mountain. Always does. It's been yeah. proven throughout history. I'm Movement. not dying with that. Ask any of my kids how to get to the top of the mountain. I'll tell you. Little bits at a time. Absolutely. How do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite ah. at a time, brother. <laughs> oh, we right? said it. Oh man, you owe me a virtual coat, man. We said it at the same time. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> like, you know, you got to keep movement as life. You know that. Look, get off the X. And people don't know what that means. It's it's a military term. Standing on the X, you, you can't stand on the X. You got to get the hell off the X. Movement is life. That's right. Yeah. Movement you can't stay life. at the top of the mountain either. The air is thin yeah. and there's not enough real estate. So once you get there, you got to find another mountain to climb. Absolutely. Yeah. Atlas. That. Atlas Altman, brother, you are amazing. I'd love to meet with you since we're like 10 minutes away from each other. We got we to go for coffee, brother. Yeah. I know your books on Amazon. Any other links, any other things that I can put in the show notes where people can get a hold of you, brother? Yeah. So uh, Speak Up AZ is something we're putting together. It's going to be, looks like quarterly event uh, where we help people figure out their message uh, get better stage presence. And uh, I, I got a, a partner of mine named Randy Landing. He actually beat me on the national stage and came out. We did a, a event, a private event last month, and people are calling out the best professional developments they've ever had. Um, and, and we really exposed some secrets to body language, to word selection, and how to use tonality to kind of deliver a full package. And he's a master at it. So him and I are pairing up. I'm, I'm talking about words. I'm going to tell you how to get your message down to the, the minimal. And then if you're interested in writing a book or getting on stage, you know, you can, you can hit us up afterwards. And we got, we got help for that. We're trying to get that through Phoenix specifically. We're trying to serve Phoenix. So uh, when I was out in Florida, I met two multi-billionaires. I'll probably bring a couple of those guys into the Phoenix area. Cause people don't know, man, this is the fourth largest city in the United States. Yeah, it is huge, huge. These events that we have here, Grant Cardone just figured it out. Yeah. He's going to start having some in Scottsdale. Yeah. But like the events that we have here are lacking. So I'm like, uh, let's bring some talent in here. Yeah, all the companies come through here. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like I get all the, the tech leaders and all the leaders of industry to come through here and teach entrepreneurship and all that. So we got, I, I have somebody I'm, I'm working on, a Wall Street best uh, bestseller. Uh, I think I have him booked. Um, he just hit... Uh, his book hit and the next day he was a wall street bestseller and he talks about small business loans. So I've been talking to him. I'll probably bring him out. He's on his way. And then I had, like I said, I have a couple of billionaires. So that's speak up, uh, az.com. And then my website is leaders dash kit. Uh, so I've been working on leadership my whole life. I, I'm a student yeah. of awesome self-proclaimed. Awesome. 
I love seeing stuff that's awesome and I write it down and then I pass it on. Uh, I usually pull about five or six seminars down into 30 minutes, 60 minute chunks. And that's how I advise CEOs that pay me to go in and, and kind of get them to the next level. They usually all have breakpoints they're sitting at and they're just looking for some truth. Absolutely. Get go in there and they'll still push them a little bit. Yeah. You got to push you know, them a little bit. Their leadership is important, man. So like assessing their leadership at each one of these breakpoints is, is big. So leaders well, get, cool. yeah. my books are everywhere. Books are sold. So everything will be linked up in the show notes for those listening. Atlas, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you for your service to this country, this great country, brother. You're doing great work out there. You're a leader. We support you. Anything you need, brother, please reach out to me. I hope to hook up with you soon. Have a right. drink or, or coffee. Let's do it. All the good stuff, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Take care. Such a great show with Atlas. A lot of great advice from one of the best. If you love the audio show, check out the video on YouTube at the CJ Evolution YouTube channel. Links are in the show notes. Go out there, conquer your day.